Good evening. The calm Christian here. Keep calm and carry on. I think to myself, well, sometimes I'm going to take a break. I don't have anything that interesting to say. I do want to add my voice to the whole narrative of Christian voices that sing through the internet. But then I see something that kind of makes me uncalm or kind of upsets me. And then I say, no, what I've just heard or seen, I can't let that go. Because what, what, it, what I have seen or heard is incomplete. So I guess that I was doing something at work. I had logged on, I was doing something at work. And then I finished. And I just happened to browse, was it Fox News or CNN? And they have a picture of where they've put Queen Elizabeth. And it says, the article says, Queen Elizabeth's final resting place. And it's obviously, you know, inside a church. There's a picture of a very clean looking floor and there's a plate in the middle of the floor. And presumably her body is under that. So it's the final resting place of her body. But the article says the queen's final resting place. And I'm thinking, no, I can't let that go. I got to add my two cents. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. My final resting place is not a cold hole in the ground. It's not that at all. I'm sorry. Uh, that, that's where a body is. That's where, that's an interim thing. That's a temporary thing. I mean, at least for me, should I ever taste death before the Lord comes. My final resting place is not a cold hole in the ground. It's not a coffin, however beautiful or ugly that coffin may be. Or if I'm cremated or blasted into a million pieces. My resting place is with my God. It's with a living God. It's to be alive forevermore next to my God or with my God next to me. If he would like to have me. And I think that he would. I truly believe that. And I think that he's trying to tell us that in the scriptures. This is not a transactional God where you do something and you get a little tidbit. Or this is not a transactional God where you do like some good things in this life. And then maybe, maybe you'll get a reward at the end of it all when you cross the finish line. This is a God who's with you now. This is a God who says, rest with me so that you can be alive and carry on and go forever. This is a God who's promised a new creation. A creation not where you're sleeping in a ground forever. I don't know if you'll ever sleep again if you're part of the new creation. Why, why do you need to sleep? Your brain will not be tired. It's not like your brain will get foggy or fatigued. It says there's no night there and you need no candle for the, for the Lord God is our light. I don't know what the universe will look like, but there's no, there's no sleeping, there's no death. There's one thing after another. 
There's forward motion. There's upward motion. There's growth. There's progression. And dead things don't progress. They're static. They lie there. They decay. They rot. My resting place is with God. And he says, right off in the scriptures, if I turn to the first book of Genesis, it says here, it says here, in Genesis 2, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, I guess the day after the sixth day, I don't know what the seventh day was, I would say that it's a 24-hour period of time. But some Christians don't believe that Genesis is literal. So I do. I respect you. I hope you can respect me. I don't need to tell anybody what to think or how to think. I just ask you to respect how I think. That's all. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. And there's no evening or morning pattern. Like, I, I, I believe that the seventh day in Genesis, if it was 24 hours, was just another day. The sun comes up and the sun comes down, like there was the evening and the morning. But it doesn't, it doesn't have it written here. I don't know why it doesn't have it written. So I'll go to what I heard, which I liked, is that God didn't want it written because he wanted to tell everybody that everything was perfect. Nothing more needed to be done. And he had made it that way. A perfect God only makes perfect things. There's no imperfection. There's no rub out. There's no mistakes. There's no draft. It just comes straight out of his mind and becomes part of reality. And it's perfect. It functions perfectly. As Stephen King once said, God doesn't need a first draft. He gets it right the first time. I guess if anybody knows about drafts and rewriting stories and rewriting things and creating things out of the mind, I guess Mr. King would be perfectly the suitable candidate. God is resting. I don't know where Adam is. I don't know where Eve is. I don't know where, where everybody is. I don't know where all the animals are. I don't know where all the butterflies are. I don't know where all the crocodiles and the lions and where the paramecium are, but I don't think some people are resting, some of them are resting, some of them are sleeping, some of them are just gallivanting, frolicking along. Reality is in motion. Reality is alive. Reality is not dead. Because dead things are not really in perfect working condition. When something is dead, static, doesn't function, it's not doing anything. And my God says that's how he made things. And he promises in the Bible that he's going to remake that, that creation, which he made, the new creation. Because in Genesis, it was the new creation. 
it was made out of chaos. I don't know if the whole universe was made or maybe it was made at a later date. And then God decided, okay, today I'm going to make a planet that's at the third planet of the sun. And I'm going to make that. And that's how he started Genesis. I really don't know. But he took chaos and disorder and turned into life. God always produces life. And resting with God is to be alive forevermore. In Psalm 16, verses 10, it says the following, 10 and 11. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. You will not let your Holy One see corruption. Verse 11, you made known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Dead things don't have joy and dead things don't feel pleasure. Dead things are dead. And my God says to rest with him is to live with him and to enjoy and to have joy forevermore. That's my resting place. My resting place is not a location it's not, although it could be the whole universe, it's not a geographic place, it's not a town on a map, it's the eternal wise creator who loves us in 1 John 4, 8. And with his etern- the eternal God is his eternal unseen Messiah who's at the right hand of God pleading for all of us right now, all who would hear this message, where Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of all. That's the kind of resting place I want to be talking about. What you talking about, Willis? You know what I'm talking about, Willis. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about creating things. I'm talking about partnering with God. I'm talking about never succumbing to anxiety. I'm talking about moving through the universe, not with the speed of light, That's way too slow. Although maybe there'll be some different variables in the universe made new. I'm talking about going through the universe at the speed of thought. Hey, you want to go swimming on Jupiter? Hey, I'm there. You want to go to the Andromeda galaxy? Yo, count me in. Hey, do you want to go to the stars of Orion? You don't have to call. I'm already there. I love that. That's my resting place. And that article kind of bothered me because those people need to rethink their whole philosophy of life because their philosophy of life seems to be a philosophy of death. There is at the end of life, a death, a termination. Well, everybody's allowed their opinion. This is Canada, this is America. We have a democratic world. You know what? You're allowed your opinion. Maybe you didn't think about what you said, but my opinion is I disagree with your opinion. Because when people tell me that death is part of life, no, it ain't. It's a destroyer. It's a sting. It's a divider. It's from the devil because he detached from life. And the devil is the God, G-O-D, small g, the God of death. 
and I don't want to die. I don't, I never saw myself to be dead. Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Peace, joy, righteousness with God, right oneness with God. It's coming. And all God is asking you to do is to believe it now. Righteousness by faith. Why don't you just take God at his word? Why don't you just believe him? Stop trying to figure it all out. Why are you going to believe some silly article written on the internet, written by a human finite mind whose heart is not set on God, but is on set on the things of this world? I don't know who wrote this article. I'm saying set on things that come to an end. Don't think like that. That's how humans think. And the Bible says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of heaven has no terminal point. It's an asymptote, folks. It goes right up and it never, ever stops. God is that asymptote. I guess we are on a hill, but our hill goes ever higher. It never descends. There will never be another valley there will never be depression and anxiety ever again in this reality because God promised. He said so in his word at the end of scriptures. Do you believe? Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe what Jesus is saying to you? That he's the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say the way, the truth, the life, and at some point of death. He said life, period. Do you believe him? Do you believe that he's the Messiah of relationships, of joy, of peace? Do you believe that he's the Messiah for the one true God and that he's trying to teach us that the way to the true God, to life, is to new covenant with God? Not old covenant. Old covenant is a bunch of transactional rules. Never get you there. It's about living. It's about being it's about never ceasing he says my yoke is easy and my burden is light how many people yearn to hear those words and yearn to believe them because people read this but they don't really believe what they're reading if you need faith gotta ask for god you gotta ask for it it's a gift and it seems to me as i go further and further in this temporary life eking out one day after another, just like all of you, it seems to have faith, you will hit the bottom of the barrel. You will suffer. There will be some soul searching. There will be doubts. But you overcome doubts with faith from God because he said so. The woman in the, in the show, the space show, she says to the person who's fighting her, who's, who's kind of like an angel, who's kind of like the devil, why do you not believe me? Why don't you trust me? Why is it that you only learn from pain? God doesn't want you to have pain. Sometimes the pain comes from others and sometimes it comes from our own doubts. We don't believe. And so our disbelief is like an, e is like an affliction. And I guess an affliction breeds an evil. 
but then that evil rises up to destroy the affliction. And then you either shake your fist against God and say, I hate you all the more. My heart is even more harder and calcified to you. I do not believe you. And you go from believing to being an agnostic or an atheist, and then you just drop away. You detach from your heavenly father. Don't go that route, my friends. I beg you, go the route of believing, of having a soft heart, a new covenant heart, a relational heart, a heart that believes in your heavenly father. Christ in you and you in Christ. God in you and you in God. And when you're in God, you cannot fail. You will not sin and you cannot die. Isn't that something worth living for? God is living with you, right next to you, right now. Wherever you are, God is with you. If you want to turn to the right and the left, although the Bible says keep walking forward, and you happen to notice you're by yourself, maybe your conditions are not what you would like. You're waiting for something better in this life. You're waiting for circumstances to change. You're waiting for your debts to go down. You're trusting in God. We all are. We all are. The Christian walk did hurt more than I thought. I thought I would come to the Christian church and exchange my religious beliefs for quote Christian beliefs, unquote. But what I got was something way, way more. I got the adventure of a lifetime. This is not just a job. It's an adventure. African lion safari. Peter said, Lord, there's no place I can go. You have the words of life. I can't ever be the same again. In the Jesus movie by Robert Powell, Matthew says to Peter, Peter says, well, we won't go fishing this year. Matthew says, don't kid yourself. You'll never go fishing again. You'll never get drunk again. You'll never be the same again, Simon. And we know why, don't we? They look over at Jesus by the, by the fire with the wood snapping. And he says, you'll never be the same again. And neither will the whole world. You are God's world. He's gone through all of this suffering with his son to bring his son here. For Jesus has gone through all this suffering to live that perfect life because he wants you back. Don't let some tiny little article by someone tell you that your final resting place is a cold hole in the ground where you're lying in satin sheets as they rot and corrupt with time. Don't believe, don't believe the hype. It's not true. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you. He's telling us the truth. Open your eyes and your heart, not your mind. God bless every single one of you. God bless you.